we're starting kind of started talking yeah kind of started talking about the beginning of quarantine and then um everything else in the world happened yeah throughout 2020 it's a crazy year i don't know that 2021's rolling a whole lot better it hasn't shaped up to be that great but we we're here uh we survived and we're we're still playing music man sure still still playing music so as you guys can tell from the title of this podcast um the ozark gear guide we are um two guys who live in northwest arkansas and uh, we're both very passionate about music and and in particularly gear um nathan quick plug has his own business wainwright musical Mm -hmm. um that's kind of gonna be what a lot of this podcast is centered around um you know i think that uh I don't know a ton about stuff necessarily as far as like the history um, of sure. gear goes, and that's something I'm really wanting to learn more okay. about. And so, so I feel like that's kind of a good, um, good jumping off point. Um, so Nathan, tell us a little bit just like about yourself, how you got into like buying and selling gear and and doing all that. Sure. Well, you know, like most. Most people, I started playing guitar, and and I realized that guitars are freaking expensive. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if you, if you want if you want good quality stuff, you don't necessarily have to spend a lot of money, but it's also not super cheap because once you once you try one thing, you're like, wonder what the next thing would uh, sound like, and and so then you want to try that. But especially if you if you start delving into the world of Particularly electric guitars or mm, effects pedals. Yeah, pedals I mean, are what got me. Yeah, you can lose your mind oh. and your wallet and your retirement <laughs> on all that. And everybody's, you know, got something new coming out every every six yeah. months. It's crazy. Uh, so back in about, I started playing bass in about two thousand. It wasn't it wasn't like a, a spectacular moment or you know a lightning bolt or anything like that. It, my uh my my church group needed somebody to play bass guitar and you know i had 150 bucks (laughs) and uh my my best friend's mom had a had an old keyboard amp and she's here you can have this and so i went and bought this pv fury bass it had uh it had a purple paint like lava streaks down the down the pit (laughs) guard it was sick oh that's Uh, awesome bright red um finish on on the bass and and i played that for a couple of months i'm like Okay, I want something that's not quite so tacky. Yeah. So I went and I upgraded to my first brand new bass, and it was a PV Foundation. Okay. From the uh, late '90s, and it's a USA-made bass. I've still got it. Yeah, brand Um, loyalty. Well, you know, first first thing out the gate, you know, I I didn't know anything about anything, and there really weren't a lot of people uh, in my in my circle of friends that 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 knew anything about gear knew yeah. anything about what uh, what to look for what to what to go for what to avoid um and i'm certainly not saying avoid any of those things that i first ended up with I, like i said i've still got that pv foundation base it's usa made uh there are people who are angry because it shouldn't sound as good as it does for a pv there you go man but there you, go. Uh, you know then i stepped my way into a fender p base and that just kind of is, is is where it took off, and and again, when, once I realized, oh okay, I want I want a nice space. Yeah. I realized, okay, what I've got to do, because I'm in college and, sure. and just out of college is I don't have I don't have the money. Yeah. So I took what little money I had, put a put a put an ad in the thrifty nickel, uh, you know the local <laughs> local little <laughs> paper there, and said, hey, I'll buy used and broken gear. Okay. And started to take stuff in, fix what I could, which 20 years ago wasn't yeah. really a whole lot, and and then 
start selling stuff on, on, on that new thing called eBay. And man, and that's just kind of how it started, started out. Uh, it was always kind of a hobby. Anytime I, anytime over the last 20 years that I've, uh, I've lost my nine to five, I've kind of stepped up my, my gear game, okay. uh, to, to supplement my income. And, uh, a, 2008 through 2010 I did and then here recently uh, 20 end of 2017 uh, place I was working closed and um, and I was having some health issues and it's like okay well I can I can start doing this again yeah and spun it up and just and just started dumping money left and right and bringing in money left and right and wandering around everywhere to find everything I could. And yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at. That's awesome, man. That's so cool. I'll text you just to see, like, what you're doing. You're like, oh, yeah, in, like, Tulsa or, like, I'll, I'll get on Facebook, you know, up in Kansas City and, like, you'll just have, like, the craziest stuff, man. And it's really funny. Uh, so so we're uh, recording this at my studio here in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Um, Less is more studios. I do... A lot of my own music. I do um, some sync licensing stuff um, for for you know um, commercials and things like that. Uh, score some indie films, and, and I work with several uh, artists kind of in our area. Um, and it's funny that you're talking about basses, and I just kept looking over. I've got a one hundred dollar Glary P bass right now. That if you listen to almost anything I put out. There's a there's a good chance it's that's the bass right. that's on it. But man, I, I remember when we met. I was looking for like. I was looking for, not the Roland J forty four, but like PV kind of makes their own like, solid state chorus amp. And I was looking sure. for like a two ten, and you had a two twelve. Right. And so I saw it on Facebook and I messaged you. Um, and I came over and I think we traded like a delay and a reverb pedal, yeah, just something. something like um, and dude, I was just blown away. Like just your garage, not even when we were like, we went back into your music room, but like just being in your garage, you had all sorts of crazy stuff, man. It was awesome. It was, I, there was like, you had like an old radio. Oh yeah. Kind of like made into a I'm guitar. I got amp. that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was so cool. And, uh, yeah, man, like. Just like parts of a drum set, just kind of yeah. floating around. Um, and then we went to your music room, and there were just like the closet door was open. Like all I saw were like cases and guitars, and like the yep. whole walls covered in guitars. And you got like a huge shelf with like vintage guitar pedals and every dude. It is awesome, man. You you come across some really cool stuff. Yeah. Um, let's start off with this. What do you think is the weirdest piece of gear that you've either seen like when visiting somebody or, or like in a pawn shop or whatever or like picked up yourself like what's the weirdest thing you've ever grabbed i mean it's that's such a high bar but because it's you know it's it's kind of my my uh, primary gig right now man i i i i take in lots of stuff that that kind of surprises me. I, I was in Tulsa a couple of, I think it was last year, last year sometime, uh, not 2020, maybe it was 2019. Okay. And I, one of my, one of my pawn shop contacts is like, Hey, could you take this off my hands? And he opened up this case and it was like a double necked, like the headstock looked like the old Bigsby guitars. Oh, it was okay. a double necked Bigsby. And, and one side was like a mandolin, and the other side was a six-string guitar. Okay. But it was it was in 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 parts. I mean, yeah. it, it was not a complete situation. Okay. When you say mandolin, is it like electric mandolin? An electric mandolin. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Um. And I ended up selling that to one of the the the, the you know big name vintage gear guys. Yeah. Uh. Who who put it on display someplace. Sure. You know, and I didn't make a ton of money off of it because it had been modified a whole bunch, but it was just kind of a, a, a weird thing to yeah. come across. Uh, I had somebody, this was last year, a, a, a Wurlitzer. Okay, yeah. Electric guitar. Whoa. So I didn't even know that they... I didn't either. 
and, okay. and, and and so it was a it was a it was like a three thirty five semi hollow with okay. single single coil you know like tissue box pickups. Huh. And it was. It, it, it had been pulled out of a garage. It wasn't in great shape. Yeah. That, that was another one that I'm like, okay, somebody's going to want this because of what it is. Yeah. But it's it, everybody thinks that just because they found something old or weird, um, that that it's 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 worth a million dollars. You yeah. know what I mean? But here here's here's the God's honest truth. Uh, rare does not equal good. <laughs> <laughs> All uh, right. Old doesn't always equal expensive yeah for sure um, those are those are in the last couple of years um, stuff I've seen pop up on you know Craigslist or the Facebook marketplace um, you know vintage 60s Gretches for hundred bucks and you know just people not knowing what they're dealing with or they just don't care yeah um, and, and, and and that's you know where we're kind of make my money here's here people can't most people with real jobs can't spend as much time on the marketplace or sure. going to pawn shops or on craigslist or, or, or building the contact networks uh that i've i've spent the last three years three and a half years doing and and so they end up missing out on a lot of stuff that was right next door to them and yeah you know it's it, sometimes it's like uh my neighbor won the lottery and I'm like, gosh, oh, you know, my, my yeah. neighbor won the lottery. and Yeah. What would you say, like, the best deal you've ever gotten in? So I came across a guy on Instagram the other day that was at a garage sale, and he found a, like, real, like, legit Echoplex mm -hmm. uh, tape delay. Yeah. And the person at the garage sale was like, yeah, I think it's a radio or something, but, like, it won't pick up any channels. Uh, I'll give you, like, would you, like, take it for, like, 20 bucks? And the guy was like, yes, I will. Yes, I will. And so, um, yeah, have you ever come across anything like that where people just maybe don't know what they have? And oh, yeah. Just, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, that, that's happened to me multiple. Actually, the first big deal I did uh a big deal for me yeah it was i think it was 2002 2003 maybe um i had that ad in the in the in the local paper back when i was in central illinois and uh, a little old lady saw it called me up and said hey i've got some stuff i've, I've got some heating bills to pay you know whatever you sure. can give me for it would be great sure and she showed up with this it was a a detroit square necked Dobro kind of a thing. Yeah, and it was just it was an absolute piece of trash. Like it was legit garbage. Yeah. Um, and then she had a, a, another parlor size guitar that uh, the headstock said Gibson, but it was like painted on, like oh. like with a with a little white brush. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like looking at it, and, and of course I'm super new to this game. Yeah. At that point. yeah. And so I'm looking at like some dude yeah. just painted Gibson, Gibson on that on headstock. That. You've only been playing like. I had music been, for like two years, much less like trading gear. And right. Stuff. Yeah. Right. And, and like, I, I don't even know that I, I didn't know how to play bar chords. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I had just started getting into six string in 2002, sure. 2003, because you know, you could teach a monkey to play bass. Oh yeah. If you, if, if you, if you have a week and a half. Um, and so I said, listen, you know, this might be something I don't know. My gut feeling is it's fake, but, you know, you, you say you need some, you, Money. you need to pay your, yeah. I, I'll give you a hundred bucks for the Dobro for, the, for the, for the Gibson. And then I gave her like 50 bucks for the Dobro the Gibson, the right. Quote, the the unquote, quote, Gibson, unquote yeah. Gibson. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I started, that's when I started realizing I needed a network. Yeah. Um, and man, I started going around to place and saying, Hey, what do I have here? And, uh, Turned out to be a legit 1938 wow. Gibson L00. Wow. And, uh, you know, man, if I still had that guitar today. Oh, dude. That's like a $2,500, $3,000 guitar. Yeah. You know, because, because parlor guitars have come back into style now. Yeah. Um, and it played well. I, I, I sold it to a, a Gibson collector back then okay. for $1,300, which. 20 years ago was that's a lot of money I mean, it was it was i mean going from 100 bucks to 1300 especially bucks. when you're like right out of college like i'm i'm two three years out of college mm -hmm. right now 
And if I get, like, a film scoring gig or, like, something for, like, anything over a grand... Yeah. I, like, I get hype. Like, I'm, like, yeah. my wife, I'm, like, babe, we're going on a date this week. <laughs> like, we're, like, let's go. I got, I got rent. Like, don't worry about it. We're yeah. super-sizing oh, those fries, oh, yeah. man. Yeah, we're getting the large of Whataburger, like, yeah. extra ranch. I don't, yeah. You know, and, and, and so, first of all, that gave my wife the comfort in knowing that I was, whatever I was doing from then on yeah. with that money, I had... I had already paid for everything that I had spent on on pretty much everything up until that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I asked her what she wanted, you know, kind of that thing. And she's like, hey, could you do this this project? And, and you know, I threw a couple hundred bucks at it, and she was just ecstatic. Um, and and so from then on forward, she started trusting me a little bit more with this, this, this process because, man, had it paid off. Uh, and, and for those of you who are like, man, you ripped a little old lady off. She she ended up showing back up, I think maybe six months later, because she needed to pay another bill, and, and and she had a couple more like legit trash acoustic guitars okay, that yeah. hadn't been taken care of. And I bought those, and then I told her, listen, I sold that guitar for more than I, uh, more than I thought I would. Here's some extra money for that. Okay. And and yeah. and you know this, she was just, I mean, she was in tears. Oh like, man. You know because that's awesome, dude. I. I I, uh, my, my nine to five for the most part over the last 20 years has been, uh, working as a, a pastor, youth pastor, a, a worship leader, a sure. uh, lead pastor. And, you know, I, I firmly believe that you, what you put out there, you're going to, you're going to mm-hmm. get back. God honors those things. Yeah, and, man. And, um, and so, uh, you could you could say well that paid off or karma or what you know whatever whatever you want people, to call it. whatever you want to call yeah. it um, I've always tried to to conduct business as ethically as possible and you know I, it, it, honest truth is you're not going to make everybody happy because you can't yeah uh, but you do the best that you can and and yeah. make things right when you have to and yeah sometimes that sucks for sure yeah <laughs> I mean we were just. Right before I hit record, we were just talking about not making people happy too, yeah. With just bogus offers, yeah, and and whatever. Uh, one piece of gear that has just really fascinated me, um, over the past like five or six years that I've I've really been taking electric guitar seriously and like really getting pedals, um, is like. You know, obviously the Klon Centaur. Have you ever sure. come across any of those, or bought or sold any? Or no, I mean that's yeah. Those are kind of out of the price range of most of the stuff I deal with. First sure. of all, if you have a Klon Centaur, you know what you have. Yeah, I mean they're they. It's weird enough, and it's oddball enough that first of all, you had to have bought it in the last twenty years. Yeah, so it's not like. Hey, I found this guitar in Grandpa's attic after he passed away, and I just don't know anything about guitars, and it ends up being like a, you know, nineteen fifty nine Strat or something yeah. like that. But it's it's something that's still fairly recent that most people know what they're dealing with. It's also something that's highly faked. There are there are lots There's of a lot fake of ones out there. there. I've dealt with some of the 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 uh, clones. Yeah. Um, and there's some awesome clones. There's some awesome. You know, clones. I have one uh, on my board right now from VFE. Yeah. Uh, so shouts Peter up there on Seattle. And yeah, and I, I've I've like played with the I've had the Tumnus come through and a, and a couple of the other yeah. varieties that 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 all sound good. Yeah. Um, I, I know that right now on YouTube, there's lots of people doing. Is the 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 Klon Centaur worth the worth it five to eight thousand dollars <laughs> that they're bringing now and you know what? One of the things that I have always held to is whatever your sound is, do the best with what the, what you got. Okay? Yeah, that's and, a big thing. And and here's the thing. You know, if you play metal, nobody cares about whether you have a clon on your board. Sure. If you're playing folk music, nobody cares if you have a clon. Yeah. Um, and then on the other side, and, and I've, I've, I've shared this with a lot of people who... who fret about the gear that they have oh it's mm-hmm. not that good it's like here here's the deal friend most people who are listening to the music as long as it doesn't sound like absolute trash they don't yeah they don't notice yeah and that's really something i used to get super caught up in um i think for me like primarily if i'm if i'm playing music in front of people it's at a church or like at a at a youth retreat or, or something 
And, like, I mean, more or less, like, honestly, like, I'd just be embarrassed because, like, I didn't have, like, a Strymon Big Sky or a Strymon Timeline or sure. whatever. And then I was, like, you know, like... Those kids don't care. No, I'm, like, yeah, there's three other people in this room right now that play guitar and maybe two of them know what my gear actually is, you know? And That's like, the thing. It, yeah, mm. so I th- it took me several years to get to the place where I was like, okay, you know, like, I don't have a Helix, I don't have a Kemper, like, right. whatever. I'm still really happy with the way my rig sounds, you well, know? You don't know what you don't know. And, and part of that is that you assume that everybody thinks like you do. And when I go to a show, I'm looking at, oh, hey, what kind of, what kind of bass is that? Is that dude playing? Yeah. Is is he a finger style player? You know, is is he using his fingers or is he using a pick? Sure. You know what what you know is he got an ampeg? You know, Stack, eight, eight ten yeah. or is he is he running just a, a monitor through the system? I and, and I'm looking at those things and evaluating the gear, but everybody else around me is like, man, that's really thumping. Yeah. And that's all they care. I feel about. it in my chest. That's all they care yeah. about. Yeah. And so we assume. And this goes for pretty much every any area of our lives. We assume that everybody around us is is thinking the same things that we are, yeah, uh, and, and and looking at the same mm. things we are, and and perceiving things as we we are. That there was a, uh, a it's hard to say philosopher. He was he was a bit of a uh, his name was G.K. Chesterton back in the early 1900s, and he he wrote a, a book called Orthodoxy where he talks about you know what how much better off we would all be if we realized that everybody around us really doesn't give us a second second thought yeah that you know we yeah we're, we're all just wandering around in our own little bubbles and mm. nobody as, as somewhat fatalist nobody cares yeah no, <laughs> nobody that's cares a good thought, man that's um, uh and so i play i play what i play and and if somebody some some gear guy walks up and is like man that's a that's a trash pedal uh, i like yeah, it cool. and i don't care yeah yeah i'm i'm this has me thinking of the josh scott the JHS video where it's like, what's the deal with Behringer? Yeah. I think it's the title. And he like, he had, I had like a, I had like a, you know, like a reissue Ibanez 808 on my board and he shouted out with the like $20 Behringer tube screamer. And And I was like, I was like, dang it. Oh man. Like, I was like this, coveted pedal that i have and like i don't even really like tube screamers like mm. i don't know if that's like heresy to some people or not i'm sure it is but i'm not even really like a tube screamer kind of guy anyways but i just had it because like you're supposed to have it yeah like time. it's an 808 bro like yeah you know and like it had like the square foot switch and mm-hmm. like the terrible led that like barely you know so like hardly see it i didn't even like the pedal i just had it because this is an 808 you know well i think that's one of the things you look at uh, his his uh youtube channel that there's there's a lot of good stuff on there because he's pointing out hey yeah there are expensive pedals that sound good but yeah cheap pedals that sound good and i've i've traded stuff with uh josh scott he i pulled up it was a gretsch playboy Oh uh, really? Like fuzz out of a out of a pawn shop in Harrison, Arkansas. Um, <laughs> I don't know about Harrison though. <laughs> it had it had the original. Uh, it still had the original um, foam. It still had the original batteries. I think you showed me this. I probably. I did. think I was over at your house and, and you showed me and this. And man, yeah. yeah, and and of course he wanted that because oh, he, yeah. he likes that. Oh, he's all weird he's stuff. We, I, yeah. I've, I've sent a couple of things to him and. Um, and, and, and traded for JHS pedals, which are great. Yeah, man. Um, I've got a I've got a Pink Panther, one of the old ones. Oh, okay. Uh, that's that's constantly on my board because that's I just I just like it. It does. Yeah. It's very versatile. Um, but yeah, it, there. If 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 what you have gives you the sound you want, it doesn't matter if it's a it's a Behringer with through a PV amp with yeah. and, and you're playing a Squire guitar. Yeah. As long as it does what you want it to do and sounds the way you want it to sound, I mean one of one of the reasons that Nirvana was so weird when they kind of came out is because they were they weren't using the good gear. Yeah. You know they were using trash guitars. Yeah. I mean that's why it's part of the reason it's called grunge. It just yeah. sounds it just sounds like hot garbage and. <laughs> 
you know, I, I know some people are going to get pissed at that. But yeah. I mean, if you if you sit here and listen to it, it's like, yeah, it's got a, it's definitely got a sound, but it's not, it's not one that's super refined. It's not, yeah. it's not precise. It's not supposed to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, yeah, I remember seeing a Dave Grohl interview talking about Nirvana tour and he's just like, dude, by the end of the show, like, or by the end of the tour, like, he's just talking about like holes in his drums and everything. Yeah. And like. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's crazy. So, uh, you mentioned right now on your board, JHS Pink Panther. Uh, right. What else is, is on your current pedal board, like your personal rig? My personal rig, I've got one of the uh, EHX uh, Ocean's 11 reverbs. Okay. Because I, it's got a nice pad function. Yeah. Um, I really like that. I've got a, a, a Mojo hand. Oh gosh, what is it? It's it's something theater. Uh, it, it's essentially an an echo, uh, an echo reverb for a, a theater that's up in Holland, Michigan that was falling apart. Oh wow! Uh, and so uh, Mojo Hand Effects put together this. You know, they went in with mics to 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 mimic it and then put it in a pedal and then the profit from the pedal goes to that's restoring so the, sick. That uh, so it's like theater. a it's like a simulation of being in that room exactly exactly. that's cool and it's you know it's kind of like a a slap back echo and and then a reverb all mixed into one you can kind of blend it Uh, i enjoy that i've got a uh i think it's a turbo distortion it's the maxon uh or sonic distortion that's what it is yeah um i've got the uh, i'm a big fan of delays like i don't i don't use a whole lot of god blossom distortion things because yeah the majority of where I've uh, I've played has been more clean, yeah, uh, yeah. kind of sounds, uh, and and so I've got one of the, um, oh gosh, this is a problem getting put on the spot. You don't remember nah, <laughs> this stuff, you, you get it, um, but yeah, there's a there's a there's a delay. It's got the got like a, a skeleton falling apart on it or something like that. Okay, uh, I'm I'm trying to remember what it is. Um, but it's just not, I think it's a TC Electronics something or other. So okay. Um, then I got a. Is it the Nova delay? Uh, no, it's it, not the Nova. Is it the flashback? Is it one of the flashbacks? No, no, no. Give me a second here. I'll look it up. Okay. Because that's the easiest thing. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking. Speaking of TC Electronic delays, while you're looking that up, I have the triple flashback under okay. my desk right now and i think that might be the most underrated delay pedal i've never seen anybody talk about it it's incredible man it's got you can run all three delay engines like at the same time oh yeah they're great and you can run it either in like series or parallel and and like switching it doesn't sound like a big deal but it really changes your sound a lot you know um I, I use it a lot for like drones and, and you know ambient soundscape stuff that I do a lot and man I mean the space echo on there which kind of right. emulates the the rolling space echo um, oh man like it almost sounds like a reverb too you sure. know like it, it it's great um, and then you know TC electronics 2290 uh, you know just the clean and then they got the mod which like when I first got the pedal, I thought it would be like a chorus, but it's really more of a phaser. And in stereo, okay. it's wild. It, it's cool. I love TC Electronic. It is awesome. Yeah, I agree. And again, just because I can't remember the name of the stupid thing, I can't <laughs> nah. find it. But um, nah, good. I've got that. I've got a JHS Sweet, sweet Tea on, on, on my board Yeah, for, for my overdrives. And then um, the... Uh, I think it's the the bender the jhs bender okay um, which is the uh, is that like one of those new fuzzes that yeah one did? of the one of the black box yeah fuzzes yeah that those they are did. cool it's, it's a it's a replica of uh the one of the one of the pedals out of japan again yeah um i i haven't played live in obviously a little over yeah, here and so I, I don't even look at my board i haven't been looking at my board yeah. otherwise it'd come back to me a whole lot uh, a whole lot better but uh i actually had the the original pedal that that 
was based off of. At oh, one wow. point in time, I got it in a box of pedals. Somebody was like, "Hey, one hundred fifty dollars for this box of pedals." And, yeah, sure. And uh, it was it was just all vintage stuff, dude. And he just like, I don't I don't use any of this. Yeah, I don't use any of this. Um, Man, but yeah, that's something along those lines. Then you know, just a cheapo tuner. I don't I don't really sure. care about that as long. Yeah, as, as long as it works. That's close kinda, is good enough. That's kind of how I am. Um, Right now, yeah, I I really love, um, I, I don't know if you've ever done this, but I've started putting my reverb before my delay. So my delay is like the last thing in my chain. And that has been really cool to have. Um, I started doing it like, just from a production standpoint, like in my DAW, just to kind of see how it would sound. Okay. Um, like on vocals and stuff like that, uh, and I really dug it, and so I started doing it with my pedals too, and um, Obscura altered delay. Okay, which is really cool because it kind of, um, it, it kind of gets more. And that's the TC. Electronic. Yeah, yeah, I think okay. it's a TC. Uh, no, it's a Digitech. Digitech. That's why I was okay. having problem. Okay, there we go, and <laughs> there it is. Um, there it is. But uh, yeah, it, the nice thing about that is is the the for every delay the the signal kind of falls apart yeah. a little bit more than you would, yeah. which is why the the uh, the graphic on it's a skeleton kind of falling apart. Falling apart. Yeah, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about now. Yeah, that thing's really cool, man. Um, it's like not quite. It's like a really bad tape delay. Oh, really but bad. Like in a great way. But in a great way. Yeah. You know, I, I keep my pedal board for the most part arranged as most, I, I feel like most people do. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I'm not a super pedal person. Yeah, like, sure. I'm a, I'm a reverb on the Fender amp. Okay. <laughs> you yeah. know, kind of a guy. Yeah. Uh, unless unless I'm, I'm playing my 59 basement reissue and, and oh. then I've got to have the reverb yeah. for it. Yeah. Um, but I'm also not not like a spectacular player you're not For ever sure. gonna be like oh nathan wainwright plays just amazing guitar <laughs> he doesn't he's terrible it's because he started on bass that's no, exactly I'm right I, I no, i really i play i play lead if we can even call it that uh on the guitar like like i play you know walking on a bass and, oh yeah and you know for some people that's like oh that's really cool and most most actual musicians are like what? Yeah, I'm I'm right there with him. I consider myself a, a rhythm guitarist for yeah. sure. I'm kind of like rhythm plus yeah. is what I what I rhythm what plus. I, rhythm okay, plus. I like that. I like the like, way we brand. Like that. I, I could do some licks. Some licks. There we go. That's cool. That's all. Yeah, I kind of. Yeah, I pretty much any like if I'm like kind of subbing at a church or, or playing somewhere at a camp. I mean, I I can play lead stuff if I must. Um, sure, but I just really love the concept of taking up a lot of space in the mix sonically. Yeah, you know, and uh, and I really, I I like I would so much rather do that than, you know. Well, and I think it, it, a lot of people like lead parts. Lead parts are really cool. Yeah, and well, that's what a lot of people recognize. That's what people you know, recognize. That's how you're gonna know a song. Um, but you know, pretty much during a lead part, you're just kind of, you know, uh, head banging or something like that. There's, <laughs> there's not a lot you can do. But but when you're when you're in the in the rhythm components and 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 people are singing, that's that's the part that kind of yeah. viscerally. Uh, I, I've always felt like lead parts are kind of like the 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 punctuation of sure. what you're doing. Sure. But more important than the. The punctuation, though, it can give some direction as to what the sentence yeah is going to say. It's going to say yeah. the the bulk of what you say is what you say. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I. <laughs> so this is kind of a cop out. That was a very great answer. I like rhythm more just because there's less stuff to screw up. <laughs> <laughs> That's legit. You know, like. Uh... Yeah, I, I tend to make a lot of happy accidents. Um, I'm in a band called Oriented & Co. And uh, if you listen to our song Change on the hook, if you listen to the rhythm guitar in the right ear, um, it sounds like a riff, but 
I just played the wrong chord and then <laughs> I switched to the right chord halfway through the bar. And so it kind of sounds like a lick, but it, I mean, like, again, man, like, it's like one of those, like, happy accident things, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, I, I really dig that. Um, yeah, so we've covered kind of like, I guess the Gibson thing that you were talking about earlier, That that's like a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what is like the furthest you've gone? Like, do you go to like pawn shops or like estate sales or like how do you figure out where you're going to go? So the, the furthest I've been is Japan. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Like just for gear? No, no, no. Okay, no. okay. I was I was in my wife had a conference and we in were Japan. we were in Japan okay. and I was I was going through uh, guitar shops because I wasn't yeah you know, my wife's a, a web developer and I don't know anything oh, of yeah. what she does yeah and yeah. so me sitting at this conference would have been uh, you know I just fall asleep so I had a friend who kind of tagged along with and and we did all sorts of sightseeing things but one of the things we did was we went to we went to some guitar stores. And guitar stores there are interesting because everything's vertical, yeah. and so each okay. each level is about the size of this apartment. Yeah, and but there there are ten levels, and so on one level will be the guitars, the next level will be the basses, the next level will be the amps, the next level will be pedals. Okay, you know that kind of a thing. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I it's, like it's, that. it's definitely yeah. different. Um, and and I, I came across a, a Fender Strat made in Japan for Japan, that you know I mean over there that's not worth anything because no. it's the domestic for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think I got it for like 220 bucks and I, and I, I just brought it back here. Yeah. You know, in a gig bag and I think I got 400 450 dollars for it. Yeah. It, it was it was probably one of the best playing strats I'd ever had, but I just don't I don't play strats. Yeah. Um and it was it was just a it was an opportunity for me to get something fun and to say I bought a guitar in Japan, you know, that, yeah. that sort of thing. But for the most part, I'm I'm on the marketplace. I'm on Craigslist. I go to uh, pawn shops. I do do estate sales sometimes. Occasionally, I'll I'll find an auction. But it, it, auctions tend to be one of those things that, unless you're the only person there, I mean, yeah, it's you, not. And, and even if you're not, so I, I went to one up in uh, up near the up near the border. Um, here in Arkansas and they had like four guitars and they were all like vintage Gibsons and they okay. were they, they were nice ish yeah. um, but they all had some sort of modification to them and I'm thinking okay yeah. maybe I could pick these up reasonable but then I started running into people I knew there and I'm like eh, I'm not oh, going to pick okay. these up for cheap and yeah. then and then it essentially got into it there was a bidding war between like a heart surgeon who didn't know anything about guitars oh. and somebody else on the phone who didn't know anything about guitars and these things sold for more than the book value and they they had been modified and they were in you know not great shape i'm looking at like man not only is there there's the only thing that you can do there is lose money yeah Um, unless you're like i'm gonna keep these for another 50 years yeah yeah that that always frustrates me is when i see people with lots of money that have nice gear and they don't know what to do with it. Yeah. There's <laughs> that's there's, something I find very frustrating. There's there's a lot of that. You know, people s- say to themselves, "I'm going to buy uh, yeah. the best piece of gear to you know make sure that I have an incentive." Like like I dropped two thousand dollars on this guitar, so I am going to learn it. Yeah. And I tell you what, I bought uh, it, it was actually a left-handed guitar. Uh, Clay's Clay's left-handed. Woo! Um, I hate it. Um, but it was a left-handed Taylor, like eight ten or eight twelve, something like that. It was it was a high end. Yeah. Uh, but it was lefty, and I think I gave the gal four hundred bucks for it because she didn't want to put it online, and she she'd been trying to sell it here locally for eight months. And I'm like, listen, I you know I'm gonna have to put this online. It's gonna sit and sit and sit and sit and sit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was just as it was. She, yeah. she told me she she spent twenty five hundred dollars on it new. I mean, Ugh. it was, and and then never learned to play. Yeah. And I run into that way more was than you would like think. Was she like a doctor or a lawyer or? Um, I'm trying to remember. She 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 did own profession. a she did own a business. Okay. Uh, I so think she's she, doing well for herself. She was doing all right. It was yeah. it was it was a nice business. Um, obviously, I'm not gonna roll any name drops. Yeah. No. <laughs> but it was no, a nice no, enough business. Not. And um, yeah, I, I I see that quite a bit. I, I've I've had some friends who 
they had friends who who bought expensive gear, didn't learn how to play, and then just donated it to them. Yeah. Now I'm still waiting for that to happen. Yeah, like, that hasn't I, happened to me yet. I have. I have. For for twenty years, if, if if I had half the guitars, I was promised over the last twenty years. Man, I'm gonna buy you a guitar one of these days. I wouldn't need to go to pawn shops. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, nobody nobody ever does that for me, despite the fact that I probably yeah. I probably give away anywhere from three to five thousand dollars worth of gear every year. Just to people, just to, to churches, yeah. to programs. People you to, know are going to use it. Right, yeah. exactly. Uh, people who start, sometimes they're, they're business promo things, but most of the time they're not. Most of the time it's just, hey, I've got this. And uh, as a matter of fact, I just I, I, I just took in a, bought a, a, a Martin on the stupid deal of the day that Musician's Friend yes. puts out. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm probably just going to give that to somebody. It, it's sure. cheap enough that... I, I, it's like what I would have bought it used for. Yeah, definitely. But it's not not the kind of thing that I'm going to make really any money on. But yeah. It's, it's an opportunity for me to throw it out there and say, hey, um, <clears throat> tell me somebody, somebody, show me someone who is who is, you know, really needs a good acoustic guitar. Sure. And uh, most likely that'll end up getting given away. Awesome, man. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That, that's really cool. Um, I guess uh, we got we got time for like one more question. That I really want to ask you. So, I'm I'm from down around Central Arkansas, and there's this pawn shop that shall rem- remain nameless. I don't know if you've been there or not, um, but the people there are really stupid. When it comes to guitars. And that's like the nicest way I can say it. Like, they had... So I went in and they had... You remember those Vox, like, half stack? Like, the AC4 half stack? Yeah. Like, the head and the cab? Um, so eventually I did buy it from them. But it was like... They had it, like, hand-wired, made in England. And I was like... They were asking, like, 800 for it. Of and course. Like, the Tolex was all like scraped and ripped and like it looked like it had been in a home where somebody smokes and like dude great amp I, I ended up buying it from them um they're asking like 800 bucks and I just like point blank was like hey guys real talk I was like real talk I was like this says like made in Taiwan on the back and they were like oh no it's probably just a misprint and so, like, you I, pulled up, I pulled up the Vox website, and I was like, literally, like, Vox, the people who manufactured this amp, said it was made in Taiwan. I was like, I really want this, but I'm not going to give you $800 for it, because, first off, new, it's like, it was like three or 400 Sure. Um, which, like, still, like, that's a great price for, it's like, a, good a price, yeah. awesome amp. And it was great, too, this kind of off-topic, um... It had, like, a built-in attenuator. Mm-hmm. So, like, you could run it in one-fourth of a watt or, like, right. one watt. I do a lot of, like, coffee shop gigs and stuff. Um, and so, like, it's perfect for that. Like, it's awesome. Because, um, you know, you can throw a mic in front of it and run it at four watts. You know, if I'm playing, if I was playing, like, at a mega church or whatever. Absolutely. And, yeah. Doesn't, doesn't blow anybody out. No. And, you know, just throw a 57 on it. Sounds great. But also, mm-hmm. like, you can take it to an acoustic gig and it'll sound great there, too. Mm-hmm. So anyways, um, I digress. Sure. But yeah, I was like, guys, I literally like looked, I was like, use, these are going for 200, like, you're not, and I, I had some gear to trade into them also, and so I was just like, I'll give you a hundred bucks plus like, what, I don't even remember what I was trading them. So, so finally I just harassed them enough, but I mean, I, they had like a crate, crate makes this tube amp that's like a Blues Junior mm-hmm. ripoff. Yeah. And it's awesome. Yeah, they're um, great. They were trying to sell that used for like 250 bucks or like 300 bucks or whatever. And I like called them on it. I was like, guys, this is not a three. And they were like, all right, well, don't buy it. And I was like, great customer service, man. Like right out the gate. That's awesome. Do you, how often do you run into like, I know like regular people are kind of dumb, um, but like pawn shop people who like, this is their business. Like, how often do you run into people like that? So you've got 
in my opinion, three three tiers of pawn shops. You've oh, got your okay. corporate pawn shops. Yes. They don't care. They, if they price something wrong, they'll and you you point it out and and show them, they'll usually change it. But but they've got a they've got a system where they knock it down every every month or every other month sure, or something yeah. like that. And so they don't they don't negotiate a whole lot. But if something sits around, they you want can, it gone. You can keep an eye on it. Sure. Right. Uh, it's like it's like a reverse auction. <laughs> uh, then you've got the mid level. The maybe they've got two or three stores. Okay. Um, and those tend to be the tougher ones to negotiate with because sure. they think they're big fish, but they're not. They're really not. Yeah. Uh, and they they may have an eBay page and and they know how to look stuff up online, and so they look and see what someone is asking for it at some point and then they decide that's what it sells for yeah but of course you know it's uh, you can ask anything you want for 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 a piece of gear on sure. online uh just like you can sue anybody for 60 bucks yeah. you don't even have to have a reason i could sue you tomorrow for 60 bucks <laughs> well, you're gonna be disappointed bro <laughs> <laughs> but uh and, and then you've got the the mom and pop the single yeah. single shop people who they tend to be, uh, for the most part, more flexible, but not always. I was I was at a shop in Indianapolis um, last week, and they had a. It was like a 2003 Gibson Les Paul Special Junior, uh, whatever the, the the faded series that they yeah. had in the early 2000s, and somebody changed a bunch of the hardware. It was a little beat up, and they they still wanted like eight hundred dollars for it. I'm Ugh. like, bro, I, you know, I give you five. You know, it's it, it's a nice it's a guitar. Gibson, yeah, yeah, it's it's a nice guitar, and it, that was actually my first good electric guitar. was was one of those, and that that nasty faded red cherry finish, and and so I kind of have a yeah. soft spot. I overpay for those, so yeah. if you, if you don't tell anybody. I won't. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that I did this out. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, you know, he's like, no, best I'd do is I'd eat the tax, and, and the thing had been sitting there obviously forever. The the the, the finish was washed out. Yeah, you and, can tell. Especially yeah. if it's been like in a window. Or in a something. window, exactly. Yeah. And, and and he said, "We've been here for sixty years. Everything sells eventually." And and yeah, there are some places that just kind of do that. They feel like they they can price it at a certain point, and eventually it'll sell at that point. And and and, and maybe you, you probably have lots of shops out there that have a whole bunch of vintage gear in the back that's actually worth what they think it's worth. Yeah. Now. But. Uh, yeah, it's 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 about fifty fifty. Okay. Um, some some shops are really good about it. Some shops don't want to deal with you. I, I anytime I go into a go into a, a shop, essentially if they're asking the retail rate for it, you know, and they won't negotiate, I say, you know, that that is that is the retail rate. But I don't come to pawn shops to pay retail. Yeah. You know, I know. Listen, I I don't. I've never pawned anything myself because. Yeah. Um, and I'm sorry for you people who who do. I realize there's a there's a, there's a there's a an absolute need for those kinds of things in emergencies. Sure. But I value my my uh, I value my value. Sure. You know, I, I've taken stuff into pawn shops to get it priced. You know, them tell me what they they're going to give me for it. I'm like, no. No, no, there's way. no way. I, no so way. I have generally have a good idea. Yeah, they make mistakes sometimes, but I generally have a good idea what what pawn shops should be paying for the things. If they paid more than that, that's their fault. But definitely, um, yeah, I'm not gonna. Uh, if if they paid a hundred dollars for a five hundred dollar Mexican Strat, um, I'm not gonna give them five hundred dollars for it. Sure. You know, yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you three fifty. You, yeah, you're making, you're making some serious yeah, money on that. That's, that's that's more than I would make on it. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, if I bought it for three fifty, but uh, yeah, no, not I don't pay retail at a pawn shop. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah, it. I feel like they should know who they are, and I'm sure, like as often as you're in pawn shops, I bet you have a great relationship with a lot of them with some yeah yeah and so i i bet they're a little bit more understanding um well there's that was not the case with me (laughs) yeah there's a couple that i've i've taken the time to sit down and and show uh one of the employees what they should be pricing things at yeah so that when he's buying things he's thinking to himself okay if i need to dump this i can dump this on nathan and nathan can still make some money um, For sure. Because this particular pawn shop, I'd gone in 
two times before this guy was even working there. Oh. And, I, and I, I cleaned <laughs> wow. them out of stuff that had been that it was aged inventory that they lost money on. Yeah. And, and the honest truth, I don't want pawn shops to go out of business. No. Um, they provide a valuable service for the community. They uh, they're one of the area, one of the places that I source a lot of money. Yeah, your business relies a lot on pawn shops. Um, and so it's like, okay, I, I want you guys to to succeed because if you succeed, I succeed to a certain degree. Definitely, yeah. And uh, for example, like I said, I was in Indianapolis last week, and I, I walked into a pawn shop, and there were these two banjos there for four grand a piece, and I'm like. Ain't nobody coming in here for four thousand dollar banjos, yeah, brother. Yeah, um, <laughs> They knocked them down and knocked them down and knocked them down. And Those I, are gear guy, baby. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I walked out with these two. They're they're handcrafted, Kentucky made, uh, Frank neat banjos. One's from nineteen seventy seven. One's from nineteen ninety eight. And you know, they, they they let me have them for for a steal because they're like. They, they recognized, because yeah. it, it was a corporate pawn shop, they said, yeah. we, we don't sell online, and so waiting for somebody to come through here with yeah. thousands of dollars to spend on banjos in Indianapolis, that's, that's not, not going to happen. happen. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, that sounds great. Um, I think that's just about it for this episode. That sounds um, good. If you guys uh, have any specific topics that you think uh, we should talk about, or if, if you guys have a guest that you think we should bring on the podcast, um, please reach out to us. Let us know. Um, yeah, we'll do our best. Wainwright, Wainwright Musical, and uh, Less Is More on Facebook. You can, you can reach us there, and uh, we would love to hear from you guys if you're enjoying what's going on. Uh, if, if you're passionate about gear too we'd love to uh, have you in the community and have you join the conversation uh, so, so I think that'll be uh, it for episode one for us and uh, we look forward to uh, uh, getting to talk to you guys more about some gear yeah thanks All for right. your time y'all absolutely I bet that we will